Welcome to You Hate Movies, a podcast in which casual moviegoers, film lovers, and cinephiles argue about movies. Each episode features a debate that pits a non-normative or unpopular opinion about a film or a film franchise and pits it against a more traditional viewpoint. Debaters are selected not for their expertise in the world of film criticism, but based on how interesting their position is, the passion with which they bring to the debate, and whether or not it might be entertaining to hear them argue about it. Our first episode focuses on Disney's Frozen. Bethany Allen will be presenting the unpopular opinion that the core themes of Disney's Frozen are inappropriate for its target audience. Bethany holds a graduate degree, lives and works in Portland, Oregon, enjoys college football, and is not a film expert of any ilk, but enjoys watching movies just the same. She has red hair and is one of my closest friends. Defending the traditional view that Frozen is thematically appropriate for its target audience is Tyler Hans, also one of my closest friends. Tyler is a visual artist and graphic designer in Portland, Oregon. He has a wife and a daughter. He likes jalapeno chips a lot. And he enjoys watching, discussing, and deconstructing film more than the average Joe. My name is Josh Porter, and I will be moderating the debate. Here we go. I don't hate the li- I don't hate the movie. Uh, in fact, there's a strong redheaded woman in there. Appreciate that. But I because would- Bethany's a redhead. Because I'm I'm also a redhead, a very attractive one. At that. They can't see you on this podcast. Well, I can put a photo up there. Let's not do that. I think my biggest issue with the movie is is like you you mentioned some of the actually the heartbeat of the film is a little bit too inappropriate. The psychological themes that are being presented to the viewers are far too, one, provocative and psychologically out of their capability of understanding or bandwidth. We're talking about uh, unexplainable trolls and magic, which is fine. This is, very, this is Disney, so it's how it works. But I think when we look at things like massive trauma, uh, the sister inflicts a almost life-threatening wound upon her sister. And the whole story is about reconciling their relationship I think most of the tiny viewers would agree they don't understand the deeper themes of the movie. And I think some of them are a little bit inappropriate. Uh, I think the whole journey uh, for uh, the two sisters, um, one, to begin to try to engage in a deep relationship, um, there's all kinds of themes, like for the first time and forever, I won't be alone. There's a lot of abandonment issues. There's a lot of your sister is dead because of you or your sister is wounded because of you. It's a lot of pressure on Elsa, the ice princess. And I just think it's a little bit inappropriate. I think the kids can't piece together what's actually happening. I think they just enjoy the magic and the colors. And, the, and I, I think they can't appreciate the storyline and or understand it. Yeah, I do. I think their psychological <laughs> understanding of the movie is impossible. There's so many deep adult themes. And unlike things like Cinderella, for example, it's very simplistic. She her, doesn't have parents. Her dad died. Her mother died. She's with a stepmother. She's evil. Clearly the evil character. There's like clarity. And, and a prince comes and rescues her and her whole life changes. In Frozen, that's not, how, that's not what we're working with. We're working with Two parents who die traumatically, might I add, 
a sister who's dealing with deep psychological issues before their death, two children of abandonment, two sisters in conflict who don't have any relationship. And the whole point of the story, while celebrated by feminists across the board, is not about a love romance, but about reconciliation between two sisters. And it's a little bit, I think, deep. It's not simplistic. It's not easily understood. And I think the little brains can't fully comprehend what's actually happening. Fair enough. That's Bethany with the unpopular opinion. Presented well, I might add. You have your work cut out for you. Your rebuttal? I uh, obviously argue the opposite (laughs) here. I uh, don't know what age demographic you're really specifically thinking of, but I feel like anybody above five is going to fully able to comprehend how families work. Okay. It's... Five. Yeah, I feel like children have a fully uh, capable mind to understand how families and relationships work. I, I, I agree that the, the uh, storyline is untraditional, but I, I would argue that that's the, what makes it more appropriate for the age demographic. The... Uh, the emphasis in so many other Frozen movies, Frozen movies, Disney movies, the emphasis in so many other Disney movies is based on romance. And you're saying that romance is more appropriate for kids? I'd say it's more simplistic. I wouldn't say it's appropriate. That's not. I would say it's, a, it's, it's something they can easily grasp. It's something every human longs to experience at some level, apart from any trauma or something great to happen. A boy, when they're little, before the age of five, boys and girls are kissing each other because they know that's this something is that they're supposed to do. Insight into Bethany's childhood. <laughs> Flashing back. Apparently, <laughs> apparently, yeah, the Disney movies. I'm just saying, you see little kids on a playground at a preschool kissing or playing house. The concept of romance is not foreign or abstract to a young psyche. It's not. No, I'm not saying it isn't. Okay. I'm saying that the themes that of most Disney movies are, in fact, inappropriate and not, and not suitable for children of such a young age. I don't think that children that young should be exposed to uh, strong emphasis on romance. It seems like children of that age should be more focused on family and the, and the relationship between brother and sister instead of... Instead of, as in most of these kids' movies, that put an emphasis on Prince Charming having to save the girl. Okay. Let, let's, let's go through I'll them here. Finish. Are you ready? Yeah. Mm-hmm. In Aladdin, a street urchin falls in love with a princess that he can't obtain because she's in an upper class. The whole movie is based around him fighting against a class system to gain a woman's heart. The whole, the whole story arc is about him falling in love with a girl. Still a and simplistic in, concept. Fighting for the girl. Fighting to get the princess. It can be narrowed down. We don't have to talk about class. It could simply be the boy fighting for the girl's affection. I think you could boil it down to that. Next okay, example. Then, then if the, <laughs> you've you're, you're got a double standard here because if that's the case, then this movie can be boiled down to reconciliation between sisters. Rec- reconcil- you just said it right there. You reconcil- said reconciliation. Yes, that's exactly what's happening. There's that concept alone is so... It's such, the idea it, is more than just reconciliation between sisters. It's the idea that you need to overcome fear with love. 
Because the whole movie, the real villain in this movie is fear. It's not abandonment. Still it's, seems it's like an acting. abstract thought for a young child. If if children to identify, if you, if you to name children, the concept fear. If you think that children it, are totally capable of understanding and accepting romance, but not fear and basic you family say romance. Love, I talk about boy. It's boy and boys girl. and boy girls meets kissing girl. on the playground yeah. is is romance full of the complex emotion that is just an extension of family love. I would argue that family love is more elementary than romantic love. I wouldn't. It's because in the end of Frozen, okay. love is portrayed with self-sacrifice, not with romance. Which... It's about putting others before yourself. And I feel like children in very, very basic elementary scenarios are taught that every day. Yeah, they're taught I teach that. my child. Innately, a child knows, knows instantly innately can go to the boy a young little girl on a playground will go to the boy <laughs> on the playground without even being taught it instinctively and want to kiss or play house or whatever and and i'm not saying that it's not a simple thought the idea of this familial relationship but i am saying it's not as innate it's and and so i would say it's a little bit more abstract or complicated in the same way that a little boy will go and kiss a girl on the playground the same way my daughter will come running to my arms when she's hurt and needs love the same way that oh he's got experiential she, evidence the same way that she cuddles up to her mother when she's scared she understands what family is and what love but well, we're not talking her. about parents are we we're talking about the emotion. We're not. In- we're not talking about parents. It's a little bit different. I think that's an unfair argument. I would say what that are, the relationship between parents and children is a very clean, also another innately yeah, simplistic I'm just, I'm just thing. just talking about but love. But between brother, well. I'm talking about love and family. Yeah, but familial love between uh, mothers and fathers and Children is a different dynamic than between brothers and sisters or siblings. Okay, I see what so you're saying. So the concept Just it's of parents, sacrificial but love. The idea, when... uh, what I'm trying to get at here is that the idea of, of love in the house that exists between a, uh, a child and the, the parent is, is felt between everybody. Especially, especially once you remove the parents from the scenario and all. Especially when you remove the parents from the scenario and all that the, the family is left with are the siblings. And are exceptionally deep and complex emotional states. These kids, so, so until now we're saying with, without the family dynamic, these girls are left to wrestle with their identity within the context of the family. One, the parental role would fall on Elsa, the princess, who's supposed to oversee and help Anna. And she can't. As queen, Because yeah. she's crippling her and hurt her. Those deep, incredibly um, mature themes are something little girls and little boys cannot process when watching the movie Frozen. It's too complex. I think it's a little bit too over their heads. This idea of reconciliation is way beyond their sphere of understanding. A five-year-old is learning how to share their toys. They're not learning what it means to be fully reconciled emotionally to another person, to be brought back to sacrifice their own needs and wants for someone else. I, I think it's a great idea. I think, you know, that's great to celebrate. I just would argue that a five-year-old definitely, I just think it's a little bit more mature. It's too mature for a child to really understand or grasp what the story's actually about. <laughs> <laughs> I just snapped. I think we heard it. 
your rebuttal. <laughs> I don't I don't know what happened to to my platform. She totally just <laughs> tore that down and gave me no space right. to, I give to you go through go my ahead. argument. Go ahead and finish your argument. I apologize. Wait, we never made it past to the viewers, Aladdin. Did listeners? You have... No, I had I had many more examples. All right, let's go back to the examples. I liked where that was going. Don't be deflated. <clears throat> Would you not agree, though, a boy meets girl kind of relationship is more simplistic than reconciliation between a sister who hurt, physically hurt and traumatized, almost killed another sister. The emotional reconciliation that would have to take place is pretty gigantic. Yeah, but in this movie, in Frozen, the hurt is caused by fear. The sister is acting out of fear. The, The sister is only doing what she learned from her parents. Again, it all goes back to her parents. This all has to do with your relationship with your parents. And she's acting out of fear because her parents taught her to hide her emotions. When in the end, it was love that reconciled them. And there really was not a, a huge conflict between the sisters in the first place. It was, an, it was, the, it was the illusion of Right, a perceived conflict, conflict a perceived that we, conflict had, to, that we had to put together as the viewer. Yes. Uh-huh. Those are and the we depths. had to connect. You're speaking so depths. boldly about yes. fear Those are and the identifying depths. fear. And I don't think any five-year-old in the room could identify fear. That's you don't my think that point. a five-year-old can identify fear? I don't think fear. they can we identify that Elsa is ruled this, by fear. I don't this, think they could put that together. In this conversation, I've already given you an example of how children react to fear. They, they understand fear, and I think that they can recognize it. In the way that Elsa is acting. You can't. You yes. do. You think that they recognize oh, yes. that she's locked up in her room because she's a fearful person. Yes. Okay. She does say fear a lot. There is fear. Mm-hmm. It's in the song. Expressly, expressly mentioned throughout the movie, yes, fear. And that inexplicable talking rock says something about fear being her enemy. So then she locks herself in the closet and is afraid. Doesn't really work as a warning, does it? I I think we could talk about the dialogue all day long. Thanks, Josh, for that. (laughs) I think if you want to bring up dialogue, we could talk about things like Anna saying, you keep shutting me out. Why do you shut me out? Why do you shut the world out? Why do you shut? I mean, and it's those that kind of language that makes me go, are they really understanding what's taking place here? Are they really understanding why we're supposed to put together, a five-year-old's supposed to put together why Elsa is shutting out her baby no, sister? No, my argument is that a five-year-old will get the basic, the basic emotions of fear, love, and family. I'm saying that the rest of these deeper, uh, these deeper scenarios of emotions can be understood by older children. I think that a 10-year-old can understand that perfectly. And you would argue that you feel like it's healthy? Yes. That young children And I would argue that it is healthy because things. the media has exposed children to romance. And I, my argument is that the love between family members is far more appropriate to young children than so much emphasis being placed on Prince Charming and the love between a man and a woman. You have so many Disney movies that are very inappropriate for children. The Beauty and the Beast is about an angry prince who forces a young girl into imprisonment in his home. That's true. Forces a girl into imprisonment. And the movie, the conflict of the movie, is solved by romance. In The Little Mermaid, there's a teenage girl 
who lusts after a handsome prince and covets another world. She would rather live on dry land than under the sea. And so she experiences an ugly, disgusting villain, who I also think is more inappropriate in the case of these older Disney movies than in Frozen. I think Frozen is... She's overweight. The villain. I think Frozen is more appropriate no because of the the, the about that base. because of the the way it portrays the villain in this movie. But that's an, that's another one we can get into. Yeah, and even per, your you argument prefer. right now, I'm but not disagreeing let me finish, with you. Let me finish. The ugly evil monster sends her onto dry land, naked, very naked, very teenage naked, very inappropriate for young girls to see. And the movie, the conflict of the movie is solved by romance because everything is building to a kiss. She still had the seashells. A kiss. Why is the entire focus of the movie based around a romantic kiss? That is far too much emphasis on, on mature, complex emotions that kids, I don't think, are mature enough to grasp. But Tyler, you're arguing with me as though I don't agree with you that some of those themes are a little bit too the romance level of it. I'm not talking at the deeper, like you say with Frozen, I'm not talking about the deeper levels of the inappropriateness of, you know, Little Mermaid or You're Beauty saying and the Beast. that it's too but dark, I am, her being locked into her room. That's what I'm, that's what I'm, I'm talking about I'm saying they right can't now. understand, she's, she's they kind can't of conceptualize what's happening. That's then, what I'm saying. Well, let, I'm me, saying let me finish. Let me that. finish, Bethany. I'm getting there. Okay. Let me finish. You're saying that it, they can't understand the depths of her fear being locked in a room, right? Just like they can't understand her being naked on a beach. I think that they understand. You do? Yes. You Sexuality think, you to that You think a five-year-old yes. understands that? We're, really? The, we're talking about the scope between five and ten-year-olds. They don't see it as a sexual thing. Five, five-year-olds don't, but ten-year-olds will. And you think ten-year-olds will understand the shut-out kind of yes. thing? You think they yes. have a real concept Absolutely. or grip on that? Yes. Okay. Probably, granted, not as much as you and I, of course, but yes, a ten-year-old can understand those emotions. I'm sure, I'm sure that there's younger kids out there that are experiencing the exact emotions being neglected and manipulated no and abused. No argument there. Okay, so let me finish. Sleeping Beauty is a girl that was, that was attacked by a, uh, a queen, right? Not an ugly yeah, witch. An evil queen. An evil Maleficent queen. was a movie. Yes. She was ugly, all right. Except she's Angelina Jolie. <laughs> Where she's put into a deep sleep and. Only a prince can, can save her. Again, the movie is based around and a I kiss and, let me finish. <laughs> and Cinderella. Cinderella, you said, well, is a simplistic. A personal favorite. A personal favorite. A simplistic. That was pretty cool. How do you, go ahead and you describe it again. Dragons. A cool. It's a simplistic concept, period. It's boy meets girl, boy rescues girl. Boy rescues end. girl. From the same scenario, I would argue, as Frozen. She is being abused, locked in a home, forced to serve this family, being mistreated and neglected. Yeah. She's being saved from that. That is, that is the same scenario that the, that the protagonist that... is being saved from in Cinderella as the same story as Frozen. But in Cinderella, she's saved from that scenario by a man, Prince Charming. Based on romance. Romance is solving that scenario for her. But in Frozen, it's herself. It's her sister and it's self-sacrifice. And they're complex issues. Why does Elsa need to be saved from herself? She needs to be saved what from herself. What kind of five-year-old can go, I need to be saved. She, she needs, needs to be, be saved, saved from, from herself. She needs I to be got saved it. from fear. The simplistic idea of Cinderella is that she's locked up in a tower. Kids can tangibly see she's being locked up in okay. a tower. She's having to serve the wicked people. Yeah. And that is a 
simple one plus two equals yeah. three. And in when Frozen, you look at Elsa, there's no. there's all these deeper themes we're supposed to pick up through the music and the parents dying on the boat. And all these well, different things were parents supposed to, dying is not new to Frozen. or her hood hurting Anna and not no, and Anna not knowing what took place. So there's constant. Yeah, the, the, is, the real villain here is fear, but Frozen uses other characters to help children understand. Do they? Hans is a character that they brought in to manipulate Elsa and Anna based on fear. He's the yeah, personification still, of their fear. That's still and a they complex can see thought they're, added they're, to the story. They're, they're projecting the villain onto Hans because he's manipulating what's already in them. But no one knows he's manipulating anything until the last second. But then no, that's, that's even, it. That's, that's the only better. time, the whole time we think he's the best guy in the world. I feel like that's even more accurate to real life, isn't it? Isn't real it? life let, is not so what let, we're arguing, that actually, though. That actually makes... We're let arguing me make a understanding. Point, let me make a point, then, about Hans being the villain because it's... it's this is a, here's, here's a great example of what I'm trying to get at. Can't wait to Josh hear it. Josh has a, a very strong opinion about the comparison of Marilyn Manson to Taylor Swift. I do. People will just ridicule you if you were to to why don't you why don't you tell us, Josh? If you if you're a fan of as a fan of Marilyn Manson, what kind of what kind of ridicule did you experience? Well, the ridicule has to do with comparing the level of detrimental influence when it comes to Marilyn Manson and Taylor Swift. Marilyn Manson obviously is a controversial figure, or at least was kind of the definition of a controversial rock star for for a spell there. And uh, so his name is tantamount to dangerous um, sway over youth culture. Meanwhile, currently Taylor Swift is thought of as sort of a uh, wonderful role model for young ladies over and against her peers. And my argument is that Marilyn Manson's uh, dangerous influence is taken for granted because he wears it on his sleeve, so to speak, but no one thinks of Taylor Swift as a dangerous influence. And so if she is to say anything that's misleading, she gets away with it. So my argument for Hans is that he is the Taylor Swift in this scenario and that's Ursula or Jafar or the evil stepmother from Cinderella are all Marilyn Manson. You look at them and you're visibly afraid. They have menacing mustaches. They have warts. They have easy to conceptualize. They have very dark features where you're visibly afraid of them. Yeah. But Hans in this scenario is more true to real life because you can learn a lesson from him that you don't know when someone is manipulating you so that kids can see this and they're not going to take a villain with an evil, evil mustache very seriously in real life because they'll know oh, I, I definitely won't trust anyone that's wearing a black top hat and casting spells or something but wow. now they know watch that out not for every... the overweight lady with tentacles <laughs> right they're gonna avoid that woman on the street <laughs> but Hans is showing them that you don't know when people are manipulating you and you don't know when people are abusing you yeah and, and he... they will be taking advantage of the fears that you have so in that sense, it is more appropriate and there is a lesson to be learned. And from more complex. You're, yes, it's more complex, are, oh, but I'm saying there's a lesson to okay. be learned. Well, that, we're not I disagreeing. Don't think it's so complex, I'm not saying that's not a good lesson. But my lesson. argument, my, my, I'm saying that it's not so complex, kids won't understand because they will. I just don't agree. The way that Frozen, <laughs> going back to what I said, the way that Frozen portrays the villain and the, and the conflict in the movie is in understandable ways where it's Hans 
who is clearly the villain at the end of the climax of the movie. And the whole and time you know, don't know he's the villain, though. That's what I just... Right, yeah. Okay. So, right. But I think that gets but, a little yeah, bit confusing, that. even well, for sure, adults. That's, that's fine. But in the climax of the movie, it's, it's, not, it's not Elsa that's the villain. It's fear, and it's Hans that's manipulating the scenario. And manipulation right there is a very... Uh, complex thing for a five-year-old to understand. If you said, hey, little five-year-old Lucy, what does no, it mean again, to manipulate your brother? Five-year-old won't understand manipulation, sure, but I think a 10-year-old I'm will not... because 10-year-olds are experiencing, are experiencing manipulation. I think a five-year-old can experience, understand fear, have empathy for fear and love, absolutely. But a 10-year-old Empathy will start... and understanding are two different things. So I'm not disagreeing that young five-year-olds couldn't engage in the movie and feel the different emotions they're seeing the characters portray. Not dis- I'm not arguing that. I'm saying they don't understand it. So they're not even sure what they're... There's, there's not even a true understanding of what they're engaging in. That's my whole point. Is the themes are too mature for them to actually understand the story and understand what's actually taking place between the characters. Hans, being this elusive villain the whole time, it's, it's so... To me, it's so abstract for them to conceptualize. Even the whole time I was watching it, I'm going, well, he seems like a nice guy with freckles and reddish hair. And that's nice. And he's not doing anything weird. And he's even giving out blankets and he's handing out soup to the people when the whole land is frozen. Mm -hmm. He's seemingly a good guy until he even tries to kiss her. He gets the true love's kiss. And that's when he says he's crazy and evil. And I think when you look at someone who has warts and you know, someone crazy like Jafar, dark with dark eyes and dark colors and scary the kids voices. Understand that more. The kids yeah. can conceptualize. They can just go, "That's bad," because it, it in turn makes they feel something inside of them. Yeah. Just instantly. So I'm just arguing that it should be more simple than it is, and I would just say that Frozen's, I think, a little bit too <laughs> mature. Do you think that it's too much to expect that out of yeah, our modern world? I do. And I'm not saying these kids aren't experiencing all of these. No, I'm saying 10-year-olds are experiencing this all the time. And the no, familial I'm saying relationship. That just as an audience, that you don't think that as an audience and movie creators, that it's, not, it's too much for them. You're expecting too much for them to create movies at such a simplistic level. That audiences have far more, are far more advanced now than they were in 1930s when Cinderella was made. Are you asking me yeah. if I think they I, should make think that simplistic a movies? now. As opposed to a five-year-old in the 1930s is far more advanced and capable of understanding these things because 12-year-olds yeah, are, having, are having sex. Yeah, I Dang. think their psyche remains... That dark. That got real well, dark. I didn't want to make that point. It really bummed me out. But their psyche, their psyche remains the same. Do you don't think 12-year-olds were having sex in 1950? I guarantee there were some of them who were, some who came from tragic situations. Not, not generally. And I agree. I think it's increased. That. I think it has. But I'm saying a five-year-old today, there's nothing that's changed in their brain function or in their personality, have they been exposed to different things? Yes. Have they been exposed to harsher things like war and Obamacare? Yes, they have. <laughs> that was a joke. This that was is good. Okay. This is about movies. Okay. We don't appreciate Great. political band. Okay. <laughs> but, but I will, I, there's still children. You can look at your daughter right now and go, there's still some childlike things about her that though she's been exposed to Breaking Bad, or Mad Men, or something like that. I let's let just say, of course not. That's too dark. But Mad Men, let's keep it open. Uh, that's that she's still too. a child. She's still twirling in front of the TV. She's still playing with a balloon and thinks it's the greatest invention since sliced bread. Like she's 
mesmerized yeah, by... Yeah, but unlike Mad Men and Breaking Bad, she watches Frozen. When those shows are on, she doesn't And doesn't understand it. I mean, I was talking to a literal six-year-old the other day about Not Frozen. And I said, what is Frozen about? I'm going to produce this six-year-old. Uh, it, it, it was camping. Anyway, oh, okay. I said, what is it about? So okay. I don't camp very often. Just once a year. <laughs> I said, what is it about? And she said, a it's, princess. It's great that you don't know the name or location of this job. I do. It was... Okay. Owie. Bleep it out. I'm just saying, she said, it's about princesses. And I said, tell me more. What's it about? The, what are the princesses? And she just said, they're pretty. And they, they sing. And it, very simple. And I said, what's the story about? Who's the bad guy? Couldn't name one. Could not name a bad guy. She didn't know. And who's the prince? Who's the good guy? Couldn't name him. And for in that alone, I'm going, if you can't identify some key characters who are playing really significant, seemingly significant roles, we've got a problem. Well, we need a control in this scenario. Did you ask her the same questions about Cinderella? No, or I didn't. Beauty? And so, no, I didn't. And I wasn't going to bring that up. I was just saying I did talk. To, I, I think I, and I can't even use her as an example. Let's just throw her out. That's fine. But I I am saying that like <laughs> strike that I am strike saying that, from the that she's just a six year old. <laughs> She's, she's seeing things like a six-year-old would see them. Yeah. She's singing the songs. She likes the magic. Just like I still like the twinkly magic dust that Disney produces yeah, in every movie. She went on and on about that. I'm mesmerized by it. I think the sparkly dust is amazing. <laughs> and, and every little girl is mesmerized by these elements. But for them to conceptually understand the theme of this story compared to Cinderella, Sleeping Beauty, even Aladdin, all these different ones, I think it's different. I think it's a different Theme. I Who really has do. warts? You guys kept mentioning warts. It was uh, this evil stepmother or some wicked witch. Oh, and warts. Snow White. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The the little yeah. The one that with the poison apple. She had warts, right? That wasn't mm-hmm. her actual. No, she, she was nose. actually hot. Right. What? So that's a great example of someone who was at once beautiful and then hid herself. But so clearly looked evil and was doing okay. malicious yeah. evil acts. She had that evil bone structure. Yeah. Pretty awful, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty, pretty bad. Scary. No coming back from that. <clears throat> wow. All right. Well, at this time, I would like to invite Tyler to make an assessment of Bethany's argument and admit if he has decided to change his mind at all at this point or not. <laughs> and uh, then Bethany will be invited to do the same. In the end, I still think that Frozen is a more appropriate movie than the majority. It's not really what we were arguing, though. More appropriate for children in the sense that they can understand it and relate to it, and that the content is, um, I don't know how to, it's appropriate for them. I don't know how else to say that. Is, is, reasonably, is reasonably portrayed for their age demographic because it is... Uh, simplified around love and fear, le- letting fear control you, and that love uh, overcoming, but more so that family is more powerful than romance. That they, they put uh, an emphasis on the love between family over, over that of Prince Charming and the helpless <laughs> damsel in distress. That an act of true love, like they kept describing it, doesn't require a romantic kiss. It's self-sacrifice. And I feel like those are truths that I would rather my child learn because they're learning everything in life. Whether you think that this romance is built into them innately, 
I would argue they're learning it from their parents or from media. So just like a child is learning romance, they need to be learning family ties. And that love between a man and a woman is not the only type of powerful love in this life. So with that, I maintain my opinion. And you're, you're actually arguing that the moral agenda of Frozen is quite admirable. Yes. yes. Not only is it um, appropriate for its target audience, but that it is a quality message as well. Right. All right. Well, Bethany. What well, what's you? interesting about that is I don't agree one bit. <laughs> well, <laughs> that's, why, that's why we're doing Just this. kidding. I actually don't disagree. I don't disagree that kids are learning some romantic behaviors or learning about intimacy or affection from their parents. But I still would hold fast to the argument that there is an innate something in children that gives them a, just a fundamental understanding of boy-girl relationships. I don't know what it is. I can, I've just seen it play out. I've seen it in my own life and the lives of other people. It just happened. And I'm not arguing that, that uh, I want to be clear that Frozen's message isn't good, isn't better than the messages before. I agree with you 100%. I, don't, I, I think it's great. I'm for the sisterly affection. I have a sister, so I really connected in that area. And I appreciate what Disney's trying to do, but the argument here is that the theme, what we're putting out, is too mature for, for the audience to actually understand and grasp what's being communicated. And I would still hold fast to this argument that they still can't conceptually, at a young age, understand what this movie's actually about. Sacrificial love is an abstract thing to think about. It's a mature theme. It's not something, I mean, you can look at a toddler. You can look at a toddler, a five-year-old, a seven-year-old, and even a 20-something-year-old and see that they're innately selfish. And I think you'd agree that they are innately selfish. That self-sacrifice doesn't come very easily. It's something you have to learn and put into practice, discipline. So I would say it's something that's a learned thing more than it's something that's just easily understood and grasped, particularly by a five-year-old, eight-year-old, or 10-year-old. That's not the, I don't think they're fully understanding what's taking place. I'm not arguing with you with your analysis of the movie. I think you're right. I think you're very smart. I think I'm going to exhort you for a second. But I, but I, he's easy on the eyes too. But I, nice to look But I, I won't back down from the idea where I think it's a little bit too mature of a theme. And I think Disney missed it here. And so I think, think kids actually can't appreciate what we would be able to appreciate from the film. And that's why I think even parents are experiencing more of a connection with the film than even the kids are at at an emotional level. I would would say that's probably true. Do you think that maybe Frozen is the the Ren and Stimpy (laughs) of (laughs) Disney family features in that children watch it and they know that they love it and they understand that something is is complex about it. But the the depths of the complexity are, are lost to them for the time being. When when they're older, they'll think it's hilarious now, Ren and Snippy, that is. But when they're older, they'll say, oh, my goodness, I can't believe how much mm-hmm. went over my head at the at the time. Yeah. The sophistication of Yeah, and Ren I and appreciate Snippy. you just backing up my <laughs> statement about it being too sophisticated or beyond their understanding. I do think they'll be able to appreciate it. And I mm-hmm. think it'll be it's a time something just like, we, just like we right now are looking back at a Aladdin or Little Mermaid, which were huge, at least in my time. (laughs) And we didn't, I I don't remember there being over, I don't remember leaving the theater after seeing Aladdin and going, gosh, it was pretty, you know, 
implicit the romance piece and it was Ooh. the the good guy wins there's a cobra love conquers a giant all. cobra yeah. so in the end of this movie there's a very clear choice for anna where she sees anna? the guy anna? anna and the the pursuit of love with him and then she turns and instead chooses the love between her and her sister which is very and sweet, i think element but... at a very very basic level kids can understand that to choose to choose love with your siblings and your family first. So, well, my just uh, and I, I totally get. You know, that's where I'm. That's where I'm. I, that's I know, where I'm but... drawing the very basic line of what is happening in this movie and what kids I think can walk away with, not fully understanding the complexity of, of Ren and Stimpy, but they're able to know that there's a friendship there. <laughs> well, I, the, I so think let me that's ask the you take a question. Okay. Ren and Stimpy. Well, can, can I can I just yeah, add yeah, just to one that quick before question. you do this? One quick question. Okay. That said, about Frozen being too complex for kids, I can see that there's a lot of depths that kids won't understand. Do you feel the same way about most Disney movies? Or do you think that because it's about romance, they will understand? No, I, I think it's all pretty simplistic. I think so this po- is, past Disney movies were pretty simplistic, even in their presentation. Even so movies Frozen like Toy Story. Frozen is, a, is a, an, an exception to most Disney movies yes. where they don't get Frozen, but they will get the rest. In okay. my opinion. And I, my pushback on the boyfriend thing, what's that guy's name? Kristoff? Hans or Kristoff? Kristoff. Is that the whole movie, they didn't build up their relationship where, where a young child could go. They actually do have a deep affection for one another. It's, it was very subtle. And so my argument there, him, her even choosing Elsa over him well, she was, currently was not Anna, even that dramatic. Anna was currently racing across a frozen fjord. I understand that, but he was second choice to kiss him. He that was, was second choice. And the movie she... built it up in a whole different way. And all yeah. of a sudden he's second choice. So it wasn't a fair, well, no, there was no, there was a lot of implications of love along the way. Even that scene, with simple, the rocks. very subtle even and the simple rocks marrying them. And they were both like, ew. Well, so no. in my opinion, she was engaged and she was, in, well, and they were both like, no, I'm not, flex we're arrangement. not, she said, we're she not. She was just a bit of a fixer upper. We're not, is what she said. There was we're romantic not, tension you know. established yep. from, from the I beginning. would still argue it wasn't sufficient to build that case, but okay. that's personal. But, but I would say moment, Frozen is the exception. In that moment, she was running across Frozen Fjord, risking her life to, to receive I know, a kiss from him. You want to reiterate that to the listeners, yes, but I'm just, feel, I'm just right. saying I, uh, you're right. the I rest of the movie wasn't It feels pretty dramatic built to me. <laughs> I didn't pretty, feel it was just as dramatic moment. Go, I want to go back a second because this is just an interesting take to me. You feel, Tyler, that the decision that um, Elsa is, makes when she runs to her sister. The, Anna. 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 Sorry. Well, the only thing that was different was their hair color. Let's be honest. <laughs> their sister. That, that moment where she makes a decision to favor her sister rather than the romantic interest, you, you'd say that's, that's the linchpin or, of the embodiment of the thematic thrust yeah. of yeah. Frozen's morality or agenda. And I would disagree. And you well, disagree. I, I, just, I, I think, again, the themes are too complex to say this is the pinnacle of the whole thing. I think there was so Even in that moment, I felt like I felt complicated emotions about what was taking place. Um, I mean, because all of a sudden we had um, multiple characters in on the scene. We had Hans and we had Kristoff and we had Anna and Elsa and the little um, snowman. I can't remember Olaf. his name. Olaf. And that's a lot of characters on the scene mm-hmm. to have a pinnacle event for, for a clear understanding of what's actually about to take place. So I would say I don't know that it was a very clear or helpful pin. I, there were so many things happening at the same time. 
So let me ask you another question. She's making faces. Well, a follow-up Listeners. question. Do you think that kids being able to understand, they're not, that kids being unable to understand the complexities of this movie is bad? You don't think that they're going to continue to watch this movie? No, I as think they grow? they'll watch it, sing it, like the crap out of it, like they have been. Like your two-year-old is doing. I mean, she, she doesn't it. even know the song. I mean, she's yeah. not even. She's like barely talking. To so people. from a young age, they have already formed a connection to the movie. Yeah. And as they grow with, up, they're with still going to learn lessons princesses from the movie. And because so what are they pretending? Not to have a relationship like Anna and Elsa do. They're pretending that they are Elsa, the Snow yeah, Princess. They're identifying with the characters. Yeah. So not my really identifying. Is, that's kind of a. They like the hair. That has a lot of implications. It's a nice braid. Well, yes, but identifying. I, I just want to be much, clear. They're identifying as much with the princess as, as a little kid can. She saw a girl in a dress, a and pretty she dress wants to with be pretty a girl hair. In a dress. There you yes. go. But as they get older, my question is: Is it bad that they can't understand the concepts now? Because they have already formed a connection to the movie, and they will learn these lessons as they get older and continue to watch them. But I've already, I've already said no. Yeah, there will be a, a resonance there, certainly. You know how, as a child, you watch certain movies. Like, you know, as a child, when you were sitting around thinking, man, Gremlins is fantastic, and you don't give a tremendous amount of thought to the rules about, like, not eating after midnight. But then when you're older, you're like, that's a complicated mm-hmm. rule. That is a complicated rule. I never saw Gremlins. Isn't, isn't it always after midnight? Yeah. Somewhere. Or always. Here. I don't know what. What? <laughs> anyway. <laughs> what I'm saying is, with the familiarity that children have with it now and the resonance that will inevitably be there, Without even watching it, at some point they'll begin to think about it and unravel some of the yeah, more but I didn't argue that. complex things. I, I was it's it's the Ren and Stimpy uh, analogy you used just a little bit ago. I I would I she will I think she will learn. I think it's great that she has a connection to it. I'm not mad about that. You seem pretty. But mad. the arg the argument <laughs> <Yeah>. here, <laughs> shut up. The People argument here them, is yeah. just that I think right currently I think kids at five years old which is what kind of the baseline we've been talking about are two five to ten five what's to the ten, age two? of accountability <laughs> yeah, let's, yeah. let's get into some real questions here <laughs> age of accountability is how we said it somebody at the southern baptist Church. somebody dies after having seen frozen it at what age <laughs> will the, will they be uh, held morally responsible for understanding yeah. the themes <laughs> and that's between them do you and the think lord that, that age is getting lower and lower in our modern world Tyler keeps talking about our modern, modern world. world. <laughs> in our, in our We're living time, in a modern world. This is, this is more modern this than this ever time, been, right? This is the time. This is our day. recording a podcast. Hey, Look at in, us. in a kitchen, my dad. Well, Very cool at, one. We're in a dining room. Okay. Let's get into that Pretty right close now. to the kitchen. That doesn't mean we're in a kitchen. I can, my hand's in the kitchen. Right. Are you? I'm sitting in the seat. You're sitting in the dining room, I'm but your hand is in, in the, the kitchen. Does right. that make you in the kitchen? So neither of you are, are convinced by the other's argument. No, no I, I don't agree. I think Tyler actually <laughs> is convinced a little bit. but <laughs> Well, you both made strong arguments, I think. Well, who do you think won? Who do you, who do, would, who do you lean more <laughs> towards in this argument? We'd love your just input and your opinion. Well, it's hard to it's really define hurt Tyler's what, feelings. what we're really arguing. It's whether or not children understand. I'm just talking about psychological themes. That's it. So we're arguing about the age that children can begin to understand complexities of emotion. Well, it's hard to say because we're not small children. I think maybe some and not others. You know, as a small child watching E.T., I remember thinking that E.T. was the most complicated film in the world. There are so many moments where I was 
would get lost and try to unpack it later after watching it. Why is E.T. dressed as a ghost? I don't understand why they need to go to the woods. Who's this guy with the, the walkie-talkie? Um, but I, I understood that I loved it. And I wanted to watch it all the time. And as I watch it now, I don't understand how I couldn't follow such a simple plot. Maybe the, the same will be true so of you're agreeing Frozen. With me, then. Yeah. I guess I have no choice. Yeah. <laughs> so are you saying that Disney should stop making movies that way? Uh, I, I, obviously, it was a lucrative move. So whatever well, it was, their, music, their mu- music and their twirly princesses always will oh, yeah. be... All right, well, then let's make this observation, or let's ask this question before we end here. Maintaining your position as you do that it is thematically inappropriate for its target audience, it, does it logically follow that it's um, detrimental for the audience to watch it, or is it harmless and they just won't yeah, get it? Yeah, I would it? argue it's, it's harmless, unless they've su- suffered some severe trauma <laughs> where this is triggering them to have weird episodes, but that's not likely. I would say it's fine. I, I'm just saying I do think it's way outside of their realm of truly understanding or appreciating. And I think there's other things that Disney could be could be communicating in a more simple way that could really teach kids. Like you're saying, kids are really formed by media and culture and all of these different things. I think they could probably use it to... And, and maybe that it was somebody at Disney who was working out their past crap. I mean, I don't know what it was. But, but I just think they could you know, use that influence to maybe make something more simplistic for all people to understand and influence them in in a more clear way and i just think they could have done it if they wanted to you know promote the you know women don't need a prince and that's okay and good and sister and familial love and all i think they could have done it in a more simple way with some simpler themes that could have proved to be more profitable really trying to shackle the screenwriters over at disney i don't hate them but I'm just saying. How in the know? world do you feel about the Emperor's new groove? <laughs> <laughs> I really appreciate David Spade. Just a personal fan. <laughs> I find him to be exceptionally funny. And that weird guy from Seinfeld. Putty. David Putty. Putty. Yeah. Patrick Warburton, uh, actually. The Tick. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, that was a fantastic first episode of You Hate Movies. I don't know. Usually, you know, we, we decided that the loser of the debate would be deemed someone who hates movies. I don't know who actually hates movies. Bethany. In this case. Tyler says Bethany, and since he spoke up first, I guess he wins. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, I'm Disney, keep making your movies. Bethany's the one that's trying to shackle him. Did either of you (laughs) pay to see this film in theaters? I took my daughter. I rented it at Redbox. Oh. All right, well. I spent 50 cents. You both supported it It in your own way. I don't have I don't have children though. I would have taken my kids to see it in theater. So you're a believer. You're an advocate. You would have supported it either way. I think so. I don't think I would have had a choice. <laughs> no choice. If you if had, children, had children, you, they would have dragged you because you have libertarian free will. So in that sense, uh, yeah, I just think they would be pretty excited about it, and I'd be just fine. Thanks for listening to the first episode of You Hate Movies. Episode number two will feature myself debating uh, Tyler Hands. My position being that Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom is a superior film to Raiders of the Lost Ark. So I will be presenting the unpopular opinion and we will be moderated by Patrick Porter. See you then.